Hello and welcome to Encouraging Others in Loving Jesus. I am your host, Kim Smith, and this is episode 127. It's part of our More Than Conqueror series, More Than Conquerors, the Giant of the Past versus the Lord of Heaven's Armies. I've mentioned this before. When I record some episodes, I know are probably going to touch a certain limited audience. And then there are others, like today's, that pretty much we probably all will be touched by because we all have a past. Now, whenever we think about a past, what is the automatic slant that you have in your mind? Do you automatically think, oh, a good past? Well, no. When we use the phrase, at least in the States, talking about we have a past, we are referring to something that is there that is or is or has some sort of negative connotation. Whether it be something that we did that we consider our past, something that was done to us, something that we didn't do but should have done, or possibly just, well, a family dynamic that maybe wouldn't have been our own per se, but it, because it's part of our family name, it would be considered in our past as well. You know, I've been uh, watching not real consistently, but I've been watching the show, The Chosen. Have you watched The Chosen by chance? You can get the app on each of the major platforms to be able to, to have it on your device, as well as to cast it up to a larger device, such as a television. They've done a great job of making it very simple. But the chosen, the creator, is Dallas Jenkins. And you can go do your research, check him out. You can go look up just the chosen TV app. Um, you can find it um, out on Google. I also have a link to the chosen season two, episode six in the show notes. The reason I'm bringing it up, so the chosen is not a, we have taken scripture and we have followed every um they're not trying to take, let's say, the Gospel of Matthew and place every bit of it up on the screen. They have taken stories from Christ's life and especially the lives of his disciples in conjunction with Christ. And they have put them up in a way that has been especially engaging for those that I know personally, it was very interesting. I sat with a young man a few months ago when he saw one of the episodes for the very first time. I believe it was episode one of season two. He didn't see any of season one. And by the time he was finished, he was just blown away. And it drives you back to scripture because you're like, okay, I know that all of this is not in the text of scripture because they wrote in 
possible backstories for, let's say, Mary Magdalene, which is who I'm referring to today. They wrote in possible backstories, not saying that it was the backstory, but just trying to put a context to help understand how the scriptures might have looked, like how the stories really might have looked, making the scriptures come to life and driving you back to scripture to look at the original text and be able to see the people described off of that page. I think so many times with the biblical characters, we look at them and we either put them in the good or bad category and we don't really look at them as fully human. Now, what I'm meaning by that, since it's not an autobiography or a biography of any certain person's life, it is a book written by many different writers with one purpose, and that was to point to Jesus from cover to cover and to show Jesus' love for you and I and how we can spend eternity with him. But in the midst of that, you see characters like Joseph in the Old Testament, David in the Old Testament, Ruth. You see Hagar. You see Mary Magdalene. You see the Apostle Paul. You see King Saul. And we have been, during our More Than Conqueror series, we were using as a jumping off point the story of David and Goliath. And so you, you see these characters, but most of them are not... We don't know a whole lot about their story. We may know a season. We may only know a verse or two. Joseph in the Old Testament, David in the Old Testament, Moses, Abraham. We know more about them. We got to see more of their stories fleshed out in Scripture. The Apostle Paul, we learn more about him. And of course, the life of Jesus, we, we know more about um, because we have four gospel accounts looking at what he did, what he said, and who he was, and who he continues to be. When it comes to someone like Mary Magdalene, we don't have a whole lot of references in Scripture. You may have, whenever I mention her name, there may be certain characteristics that come to your mind. And they may or may not be what scripture says about her. One thing that we definitely know, Luke 8, 2 says, along with some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases, among them were Mary Magdalene, from whom he had cast out seven demons. That we know for sure. Like that is something that we know. We do not know her past. We do not know if she had, well, exactly what sins were in her life. Just like you and I, she definitely had a past. But what that past looked like before she came to Christ and was healed from these seven demons, we do not know. But usually people do not end up with demonic possession if they have not been involved in sinful behaviors. So we don't know exactly what her past was, but 
she had been possessed by seven demons. And we know that Jesus healed her. And we also know that she was one of his main followers. You know, when you think about his followers, you automatically think of his male disciples. And understandably so, they're the ones that are highlighted. But if you do look in scripture, you're going to see that Mary Magdalene was all about following Jesus. And that's one of the things that the Chosen brings out. You see Mary Magdalene, you see Mary, Jesus' mother, for part of the, especially season two, you see her in that entourage. And when you look back in scripture, you will see oftentimes it's Mary Magdalene and it's Mary, the mother of Jesus, um, who were a part of the traveling group. So Mary Magdalene was very involved in Jesus's ministry. And she also was the very first person to see him after his resurrection. Like, not something that any of us would have chosen. Um, you know, back in that time, the witness of a woman was not taken seriously. And yet God chose to allow Mary to be the very first witness of the resurrection, the very first one to tell others. Just, just imagine that. Well, in... In The Chosen, in season one, you see a possible childhood scene from Mary's life. And then you see the pictures of the life she might have led um, in sin. And then you see her meeting Jesus. And it's just a, an incredibly touching episode. In season two, she has been following him and going along with him. And what the writers of The Chosen choose to do with her character, we do not see specific evidence in scripture. But as you see it played out in episode five is when she leaves the group. So spoiler alert, um, she leaves the group for a, a season of time, and I won't say exactly what happens, but she, in, in episode six, there's quite a bit of the storyline that is devoted to her and where she ends up and how she returns. It's about her past. It's about the challenge to move forward. The challenge to leave a past behind. And I have no doubt that the writers intentionally allowed her to walk back into the darkness, so to speak, for the benefit of many who are watching, who struggle with their past. It may be past addictions. It may be past relationships, toxic relationships, unhealthy relationships. It may be past sinful activities. It may be past sinful lifestyles. 
I mean, there are so many different directions when you think about the past. And so many do not live in the now and all Christ has for them because they are so focused on the past. Now, as we mentioned before, the past does not have to be a negative past. There are some of you within the sound of my voice that you are living in the past and your version of the past that you're living in are the glory days. It might have been your high school career. It may have been when you were on top of your job. It may have been a dream season of your life. And you just keep trying to reattain that. You keep trying to focus on that. You keep trying to focus the attention on that. Whatever it is, you are looking in the rearview mirror. That's what this particular giant is about. Our cars are made with a big, wide front window, correct? Even if you've got one of those little tiny toy cars, you have this big wide mirror, oh, mirror window for you to look through because you don't drive a car backward regularly. Like that's not how we, how we drive. We back up in order to reorient to get ourselves going forward, correct? and we have rear view mirrors, imagine what it would be like on our interstates, on our highways, in our parking lots for that matter, if every one of the drivers, instead of looking forward, were looking only in their rear view mirror and driving. What kind of disaster would we have on our roadways? Well, in the spiritual life, it's just as ridiculous. Like, how can you possibly live a Christ-focused life of purpose while you're looking in the rearview mirror? It makes no sense. And yet, every last one of us have the temptation to do just that. I thought it was very interesting. I've had some challenges putting this lesson together in my mind. So what you don't know, I'll just give you a little behind the scenes. I don't usually record these podcasts much in advance. Like right now I'm recording this and it's going to post to my Podbean tonight and it will be up on Apple Podcasts and other places tomorrow. So it's, it's a very short window. And I do it for a couple of reasons. One of the reasons is I kind of like to be in the live time because you never know what's going to happen in the world that might affect how I address the topic of the day. And number two... It's a lot to put together a podcast and being ahead takes a lot of effort. But I was going to be out for about three weeks. And so I recorded all those ahead of time. So it has been a while since I've been behind this microphone. 
And I have known for weeks that I was going to be doing the giant of the past. But I've not been able to really just get a good, a good plan. I, my mind has been scattered. I have had emotional events that were happening around me. And that's not all bad. You know, we who do Christian podcasts, if you think that all of life is about just what we broadcast, well, that would be like pitiful. But number two, it's not real. We all have lives. We all have lives outside of the studying for the podcast and the broadcasting. Even if somebody does this as their career, which is not where I'm at in any way, shape or form at this point. But even if I did, I wouldn't eat, sleep, and breathe just the podcast. So I've had some stuff going on with the people I love the most. It's been a very emotional time. But as I was working around today, trying to get some things done in the process of kind of thinking through this, it just, it'll, it amazes me and it will never stop to amaze me just how God puts together my thoughts before I get in front of this microphone. So I just ran to Walmart and I was on my way back and something happened in the car that threw me back to being 16 years of age and a car accident that I had and a lesson that I learned from that particular accident for quite a while after that accident it was something in my past that definitely had me distracted and hindered looking forward and pressing on. Now, I know some of you have had accidents that changed the entire trajectory of your life. I had another one just a few years ago that was impactful as well, but, and it still impacts me when I drive that particular roadway. Sometimes we have events that for a season of time, we have a hard time getting past those. It may be because we made a certain decision that if we could, we would go back and change it. Does that fit you? Is that where you are? Maybe you have lived with a decision that you made 40 years ago that you keep staring in the rearview mirror, either looking at how you could have done something differently or just wishing that you could turn back time. I have been blessed in my life and I know it. And I sit here just thanking God thanking God that I do not have some of the experiences that others have endured. Even some people who are in my intimate circle. And uh, 
in preparation for today, I was listening to Christine Kane, founder of A21, which is a an organization, worldwide organization that helps, um, stands against human trafficking. She does many other things. She speaks across the world. But this was a particular speaking engagement that she had at Saddleback Church. I think it was about six years ago. It was called The Courage to Let Go of Your Past. And I highly recommend it. I posted it in the Facebook group just a few minutes ago. And if you're not a part of the Facebook group, the Facebook group is Encouraging Others and Loving Jesus. You can go on to Facebook. Just um, look that up. should be the only one. Um, you can request to be a part of that group. But I posted that YouTube video just a little while ago because I was so touched by her story. I had never listened to it. I've heard her before, but I had like bits and pieces, but I had never heard her story. She does a phenomenal job, and I highly recommend going to listen that to the courage to let go of your past. She has one of those stories where it involved abuse. It involved, uh, let's see, choices that she made. She didn't go into details of that. Uh, choices when it came to choices that others had made that deeply impacted her. And it really caused me to think just about you. You, the listener. You, the person who God created with purpose you know, God knit you together in your mother's womb. You are fearfully and wonderfully made by Him. He created you with purpose. And Satan will do anything. He will use how you were born the family you were born into, the reputation of the family you were born into. He will use absolutely anything to keep you from becoming all God created you to be. A few years ago, I was doing a Christmas series and there was a new song that came out. Really got me thinking. At that time, it was um, based upon I'm just a whatever it might be, just a boy. Um, and so many times we can we can think that who we are now is just our past. And I intentionally did not name this podcast episode The Giant of Your Past because it's not always our own personal past that is what seems to hold us captive. Sometimes it's the past of another that we are connected with that if we are not careful, we will translate it to our marker and try to carry it forward as well. Just a, a random thought of that. 
Uh, we are in the day of true crime being a buzz phrase for sure, and especially in the podcast world. I mean, there are so many true crime podcasts. But one of the things that I honestly had never thought about until I was listening to one of the stories are the the people whose loved ones are serial killers. Talk about the temptation to be trapped in the past. One young lady in particular, her father is one of the most infamous serial killers in the history of the United States. One depraved fella, absolutely. And I saw her be interviewed. I cannot fathom having her name having her life. She had no clue up until she was, well, she was dating a fella. By the time she ever found out that her father was the monster that sadly he is. I don't know who your family is your birth family, your adoptive family, your, your kin. I'm from Kentucky. You see, you see it coming out. I don't know. I don't know if you came from a wealthy family, and that is the problem with the past that you have hard time breaking free from. Because you might be like the rich young ruler. He struggled to submit to Christ because he was so focused on what he had and what he had might have come from what he did, but it very well could have come from what he inherited from his family line. Some people do not become all God created you to be because of the privileges that you've had and the thoughts of giving your life to Christ and surrendering all. That's something you've never had to do. You've never had to humble yourself because you have literally been born with a silver spoon and you have no want for anybody to tell you what to do because of your family name. It may be that your past is a past of words. Words that were spoken to you. Words that were spoken over you. It was quite a while ago now, but I was in a discussion with someone in my intimate circle. And I was talking to them about a phrase that they had used with me when I was a child. Now, this person did not remember it at all. But it was something, it was a stamp that went across my heart. 
And I carried this with me, this label. It was something that I had been fighting in my mind and in my heart. I'd been trying to make sure that that prophecy, so to speak, that they had spoken of me would not be true. This person had no idea that those words had made such an imprint on my life and could have been disastrous. But instead of allowing myself to be what they said, I used it as fuel to make sure that I was not what they had told me. Do you have any of those imprinted words on your heart? I hadn't planned on sharing this, but there's a video out there and I will pull it up. I will pull it up and I will put it in uh, the show notes. I've watched it so many times over the years that I can recall it pretty well. It is the story of uh, a female singer from the group Selah. And she's got an incredible voice, but she tells a story of words spoken by a young man when she was, I think it was in middle school, and how those words still in adulthood were so painful and so powerful. And how God was teaching her and working in her life to be able to let go of those past hurts from those words and be able to become all God created her to be. It's an excellent video and I will put it in the show notes. I don't know what your past is. It may be a past relationship. It may be one that was an absolute train wreck. Maybe it wasn't a train wreck from the beginning. Maybe it looked like it was it was going to be all that. Like even people around you were surprised when the person did what they did. Or it may have been one where everybody knew but you. And then you feel so foolish. And you refuse to surrender fully to God because of the choices from your past. The heartbreak. You're still carrying that broken heart around, staring in the mirror. You refuse to move forward with God and surrender to what He has for you. You're like, I will never have another relationship. When people say stuff like that, I just stare at them. And the reason I stare at them, I know it comes from hurt. I get that. But you are saying, I refuse to do whatever God lays on my heart. Because God may very well have another relationship. And even if he doesn't, you need to be open to whatever God's doors are. Maybe that's part of your past. I do not know. But what I do know is being a prisoner to the past keeps you from being all God created you to be, which continues to keep you behind those prison doors. I know that 
I in no way, shape, or form want to reach the end of my life and look back and see something that I held on to, that I kept staring at, that kept me from being all God created me to be. It's like my whole life is my past and there was no present. I want to present to God a life full of purpose, a life accomplishing what God created me to be. One of the people in Scripture that could have so easily tripped over his past was the Apostle Paul. He could have tripped over his past from two different directions. Number one, he could have tripped over his past and refused to do what God called him to do because he had been so rotten. Like he's the one who was standing there orchestrating the first martyr killing of Stephen. I mean, they put Stephen's clothing at then Saul's feet. So, I mean, he had blood on his hands. That's a past. And not only did he execute, because he's the one that issued the order, execute Christians. I mean, execute people, but he executed Christians. He had that kind of past. But he also had a past where he had all this stuff that he could look, he could stack it up. In Philippians 3, he, he starts talking about people who want to brag about their own stuff, things that they've done and, and want to stand on that. And he says, well, you know, if you want to go there, let me just give you a clue. And so he has all of these. It would be like in our day and time of I've got a degree from Harvard and I've got a degree from this and I've got a degree from that. I've got all these credentials. He had a he had everything that was possible in that time. But if he had been staring in the rearview mirror, pointing to people, saying, look at, look at this, look at what I did, look at what I did, look at what I did, he would have missed what God had for him. And part of what God had for him was impacting you and I today. What he wrote to the churches because he had such a passion for them. If he had been so focused on either, I can't be, God's minister because of what I've done, killed Christians, or I can't be God's minister because I don't need him because look at what I've done on my own. He would never have accomplished all that he did and he would never impacted the world during that time as he did, as well as continuing to impact us today. In Philippians 3, starting with verse 12, he says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. Here's the key phrase. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. That's the key. When he says forgetting the past, he's not meaning that we don't look back in the rearview mirror 
and learn from. Like we don't need to take what's happened in the past and not learn from it, but not dwelling on it, not sitting in it, not allowing it to continue to compound pain upon pain upon pain upon pain and forgetting past accomplishments and realizing that God has a whole new purpose and world for us if we will just allow him. He truly is doing a new thing, quoting DC Talk from back in the day. He is doing a new thing. Some some churches fall to the giant of the past. I mean, they only want to look at, well, back then we did this and this and this, and this is what we're, this is what we're going to do in order to get people in these pews and, and on and on and on. Not realizing that God is the God of the present. God is here and now. God knows how to reach the lost. God knows how to use your talents and abilities. He knit you together in your mother's womb. You are fearfully and wonderfully made by him. God has a plan and God doesn't need you looking in the rearview mirror saying, we got to do it this way, this way, this way. No, ask him, God, how do you want us to live in this day and time to point to Christ? And for some of us, we know we've got something in our past that we refuse to deal with. When we've been talking about more than conquerors, the giant of whatever it may be, we've talked about the fact that David did not ignore that there was a giant in the valley challenging the Israelites to fight. He didn't go into the world of denial and just say, there is no giant, there is no giant, there is no giant. That's not what he did. What he did was he looked and he saw, yeah, big dude, like big dude, lots of armor. Like he, he took inventory, but then he compared that giant to the Lord of Heaven's armies and that giant paled in comparison. The problem is you may be the person out there who refuses to look at an aspect of your past. You're thinking out of sight, out of mind. I'm not going to think about that. But you never dealt with it. The giant is still down in the valley shouting at you, shouting at you, I've got your number and you are never going to be anything. And until you face that giant through the power of Jesus, he's going to continue to keep you from becoming all God created you to be. Today is the day to surrender to Christ and say, I know I have been trying to avoid this person, this situation, this comment, whatever it may be that God has just placed on your heart, I know I have been avoiding. But it's time for me to call out this giant because as I look at the giant and I look at you, no matter how painful that giant may be, you, the Lord of Heaven's armies, love me. 
You do not see me for my past sin. You do not see me as others have seen me. You see me for who I am and who I can be. And you will work that out in me if I will trust that you can take care of that giant in the valley so that that giant will no longer be the stumbling block that keeps me from being your person in this place for your glory. God just took this in a just a sweet direction. And it was for you. It was for you. Have the courage to call out your giant. Our weekly assignment feature is, in what area of your life are you tempted to stay trapped in your past? How does this area compare to the power of the Lord of Heaven's armies? Thankfully, I know the answer to the second part of that question, because no matter what, giant has been snarling at you, yelling all sorts of nastiness, calling you all sorts of names. He does not compare to the love God has for you, the knowledge he has of you, and the plans he has for you. May today be the day that you have the courage to stare the giant in the face and say, from this day forward, I walk forward. I will allow God to heal my thoughts. I will allow God to heal my hurts. And I will use those as stepping stones to be all God created me to be and to help others face their giants. Today is the day. Call out your giant and call on your Lord and trust Him to accomplish exceedingly abundantly all you could ever ask or imagine. Please pray with me. Dear Father, I thank you so very much for each listener today. Dear God, we all have past. Whether it be past that we've been pointing to, saying, look at all I accomplished, and we've refused to move forward with you, or it's a past that we inherited, a past that, oh, that's just ugly. And we just don't think that we can ever amount to anything. Or it may be a past set of sins that we have done. And everybody knows it. So there's no way that we can be all you really want us to be. Dear God, you are greater than our past. You are greater than any giant shouting whatever he may be into our lives. Dear God, I pray for each person within the sound of my voice. I pray that you touch them with your Holy Spirit. Convict them where they need convicting. Dear God, open up their spiritual eyes and ears to see the giants of the past which have been holding them from all you have for them. 
Give them your strength. Give them your courage. Place around them the people that need to walk them through. Dear Father, if they need professional help, point them in that direction as well. Your will, purpose, and plan be done. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you so very much for tuning in. If you would like to reach out to me, you can email me at encouragingothersandlovingjesus at gmail.com. Again, please hook into the Facebook group, Encouraging Others and Loving Jesus. And, you know, we will meet again next week. I think we will continue the Giants. I just don't know exactly which Giant is going to be next on our list, but I know we're coming close to the end of our series on Giants, and we will rejoin the story of David as we finish out this year of 2021, odd as it has been. And remember, it is always a trust and obey kind of day.